want to start off with that? I think we should start off with a welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. I'm Thomas, and we have the one, the only, Matt me. Berg. It's me. I'm back. Matt is back from his lovely trip helping the world. Now, before we dive into this week's topic, uh, I just wanted to give a short note from our sponsors, uh, Short Clips. Short Clips is the beautiful program to make your short clips short and your short clips beautiful. You can get short clip art, short word art, short music art. Short everything. So you can email them for more information at shorty.short.com. That's sh for short. The sh. And sh. Don't forget the sh. Don't forget the sh for short. But, Matt, I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. You know, it was uh, interesting being a, a listener to our show. I got to listen to your lovely episodes while I was gone. Uh, that was I, a treat. Struggling a little with the one tops, but it's fine. We, hey, I think the one tops are great. And you got me into a new documentary series. It's a fantastic series. And that was that was great. After the episode, I was like, wow, now I'm, now I'm very intrigued. And that's what you were hoping. And that's what, that's what it gave me. So, you know what? I'd say you were successful. You held it down. But here we are, season two, right? Season two. You called it season two, and I like that. So, going off with my notes from now on, I'm starting season two. Epi this is episode four of season two, correct? That is correct. Because you've done three. I've done three. Me here, me, me, and now... Back to you. And back to me. So we're season two, episode four, basically. And season two, episode four is going to start off with a topic that dreads me. I received the most painful letter in the mail. Some may consider it painful. Others may consider it a great honor. Let me, um, can I guess? Yes. Was it a court hearing? I jury have duty? been selected for jury duty. Oh. <laughs> now, normally, if it's college students... We're in school, so we can't go. But it lands right in the middle of summer, so I will be going to jury duty. That's actually very exciting, and because it's over the summer, I would be like, I'm all for it. Let me go see what it's all about. I'm, I'm free, curious. I guess, yeah. Yeah. But it made me think, it's like, why, why do we have juries? Like, what does a jury do in the world? So the trial by jury is this concept. Trial by jury dates all the way back to Socrates, actually. In the Greeks, looking at the peers to uh, to dispute the issues of two opposite parties. This, in reference to like the trial of Socrates, that's one version. That's where it first really showed up. But England brought it back later in their lives. And since then, like it's been adopted by the Americans. And even after the revolution, we still kept our trial by jury because it's a very fair system that keeps the government in check and keeps all the citizens in balance with one another. Now, the grand jury itself is not really used that much these days. Now, only 4% of jury, only 4% of criminal cases have juries and only 1% of civil courts have juries as well. Most of this stuff is just solved outside the courtroom. And what's funny is uh, other countries' jury systems are growing. Meanwhile, America, who's very well known for their judicial branch, is declining in the jury system. Now, there's reasons for this. One is people can now do something called a plea bargain. So imagine you hit my car. Ouch. Okay. It's my fault. Actually, no. You didn't hit my car, but I say you hit my car. 
Okay. Okay, you're lying. Now, now here's a risk. If you do get acu- if you do get sentenced to jail, you will have to spend 10 years or we can just settle this now and just say you hit my car and you only have to do 2 years in jail. And you don't have to go through a jury who might who might make opinions on you and choose that you did hit the car. And and uh, when you say opinions, you mean profiling possibly? Yes. So even okay. though you are innocent, you might take this guilty plea just because the risk is gone and it's a shorter sentence. So the amount of plea bargains went from 20% in 19th century to now 90% in the 21st century. More people are going to jail off these plea bargains. So the thing is, a lot of these issues are disputed outside of court. Like you'll hear that like before going to court, it might dispute it outside, like just pay a fee, like we'll pay you to cover this up. And this is also in like legal thing, like legal contracts, employment, there might be like in the contract, you physically can't go to court. It has to be disputed outside. And then another reason that the court cases are going down and settled elsewhere is this idea that now courts can just say, there's not enough evidence here, therefore we're not going to do this case. So any it's like any jury in the right mind would see there's not enough evidence, therefore we're not going to do this. Now, when you're in a jury, what are the possible outcomes for the defendant? Uh, guilty or innocent, correct? Or deterred, maybe like Guil- pushed to a different... Yeah, guilty or not guilty. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I want to make it very clear. The Two Tall Podcast is not advocating for what I'm about to say next. But there is a third outcome called judicial nullification. Let us hear it. Tell us about it. Just want to make it clear. We are not saying do this. We are just telling you about it. Nullification. Okay. So imagine this. A man is guilty. He has done a crime but the jury decides to let him go anyway. Think of a slave, an example that was used is, imagine back when slavery, like a slave escapes and goes to the north and then goes to court. And he was a slave, he did escape, so he's clearly guilty of escaping, but the northern juries would say he's not guilty. Yeah, just get him out of there, it's it's opinionated. Yes. And that is nullification that the jury knows something is wrong, but they will still make, they'll still plead guilty. This also goes the other way. The other example I saw was the lynching in the South. The juries would let that slide, even though it's illegal and murder. But in the South around that time, they kind of just said the jury just let it slide. So that's the nullification. Now, the thing is, nullification happens because of two things. The jury cannot be punished for being wrong. Like, even if the evidence is there and you guys decide against it, the jury cannot be, like, slapped on the wrist saying, you picked the wrong thing, how dare you? You now you now go to jail for sending this man to jail unrightly. I guess you'd just feel bad about it if yeah. you knew. Or, I mean, well, I guess jury, are they typically... They're typically fair. Yeah. I mean, they try to get people of all unbiased, sorts of backgrounds, yeah. unbiased, uh, no profiling. That's that's the idea of a jury, a fair, a just trial, correct? And the other reason this happens is because the defendant 
can only be tried for the same crime once. So, if I rob a bank, and if I rob a bank, and they're like, "You rob this bank," and I get out not guilty, they cannot go back and say, "Hey, let's try this again," because you're you're not guilty, so you can't you can't be accused for it again. Because I've already been, we've already gone to court for that crime. If I robbed another bank, then I could go back that's, to court. That's something else. Okay. But I cannot be put on trial for the same crime twice. Now, because of this, nullification happens because, well, if I pick the wrong answer as a jury, I can't be put in trouble. But also, like, nothing can, this won't come up again. Now, the thing is, uh, jur- you, I'm sure this is the, probably the first time you've heard about this, correct? Yeah, yeah. This is because the nullification. Yeah, this is because uh, most jury, uh, most courts and judges have decided that this is not something we should share, because it's not something that they encourage. Because it's a, it's in a sense the correct answer and then saying the wrong answer. They want they want you to have that kind of moral compass in you instilled that you have to do the right thing. Yes, according to the law. According to the law, even though. You can't be in trouble if, if you state something else or if you decide against it. Right. So uh, so what happens now is if you were to go into, if you're being interviewed to be a juror and you know about nullification and you might, like, mention it, they won't put you on that jury. Now, the thing is, if you say no, I've never heard of such a thing, and, like, no, I'd never do that. But then you talk about it in the courtroom or kind of suggest about it. That is a crime because that is, I wrote it down, that is perjury. You're going against the court. You're lying to the court saying, oh, I won't do this. I won't let the man go even though he shouldn't. Because if you then do and they find out and you, like, try to turn, because a jury is 12, like, a group of people. So it can't just be you. It's you, and then if you were to try to coerce the other people there, then you'd be trying to cause perjury in the court. So it's bad. Don't do that. Don't do You get in trouble legal, right? You'd, you'd have, probably have your own court trial yes. after that, correct? Yeah. So now I have jury duty. And so over the summer? Over the summer, I have a summons. What are you, what are you expecting? I'm expecting they don't want me, and I don't have to go there. Wait, so you don't want to go? What what type of case do you, do you think it would be? No idea. It could be anything, right? Yeah, it could be anything. It could be anything that's gone to, well, a trial and a trial by jury. I'll it's tell you. not something that's solved outside of court or just paid off. It's something that someone's going to court to fight. It's the judicial review. It's the judicial process. I'll tell you, my uncle um, went was in jury duty for I think it was over a year because the case was extended and extended and it got really serious that it got moved up the ranks to a to a higher court level and it was like a nightmare you know because you're out of work now what's what's the deal with missing work so in the United States I'd like to continue on to the point that uh a jury duty for any trial under three days you get paid nine dollars a day $9 $9 a day. That's not hourly wage. That's, no. that's your daily. And then any time past that is $25 a day. Okay. That's, so that's pretty good money, honestly, like for 
just well, you know what? I take that back. If you're working a job, you'd be making a lot more. It just depends my, on how long you're in there. Exactly, exactly. If you're in there for like three hours, okay. But you're just sitting there and kind of there, not doing much. I'm not excited, but I am excited to be part of my civic duty as an American citizen. You have, you are privileged to be able to do that. Now, actually, when you just mentioned it, I quickly Googled, do they have jury duty in other countries? So guess what? I'm on uh, our, one of our favorite websites, Reddit, here. And in the forum, a ton of people, uh, it seems like pretty much all countries in Europe have jury duty. But um, specifically in France, they're saying it is kind of discouraged to to have a jury duty. They want to skip that whole entire judicial jury duty process and just go straight to like a like a one on one type thing. Um, in Denmark, they have it. Um, in the UK, you can't. You're not paid for it. So people who are summoned for jury duty have no option unless if you're seriously ill. But if you if you own maybe uh, like a corner store or something and it's just you, you're you're out of luck because you can't get compensated for that. One of our professors right now actually has jury duty, so his class was canceled. So, ah, ah, good benefit right there. Can't do anything about that. Well, that's my little tale about jury duties. And Matt. Now that you're back, we can actually go to a second topic. Jeez, we're back uh, to two topics. After a quick message from our sponsor, uh, Quick Clips. Uh, make your long clips, short clips with Quick Clips. Or was it short clips? Don't know short, now. No, it's short clips at shortclips.com. So yeah. Short Clips is the number one provider for making long clips shorter, and it's the easiest way for the masses to have access to easy editing on the go. You can use it on your mobile app at shortclips.com, the mobile app, or you can go to shortclips.com on your computer to process and talk with an official Short Clips member. And that's uh, sh- for sure. If you use the trial code SH, you get 30-day free trial. And you get, you get a 15, what is it? He, Johnny was telling us it was a 15% discount. I think it's a 15% discount on any video shorter than two seconds. Because so they it really has wanna, to be a sh- short clip. Yeah, they really want to promote their short videos with the shortest option possible. But moving on from our sponsor message. Yeah, we're back to two topics. Here we are. Um, you know what? So I just went on a trip. Do you know where I went? Yeah, I went to Ecuador. Ecuador. Yeah. The equator. The equator. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the equator because have you ever been to the Southern Hemisphere? Uh, yes. Yes, I have been to the Southern Hemisphere. I have been to South Africa. You've been to South Africa. Excellent. So you've crossed over the, the equator. I have crossed over the equator. And you probably flew. Where did you fly to first? I to flew cr- from London and then over Africa. Over the, the Mediterranean. Over now. Okay, so you flew over the the equator in Africa, which yes. is one of the continents that the equator passes over. So it also obviously passes over through Ecuador. Ecuador, Equator, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, so where I happen to be staying in the, in the capital of Quito, the equator is just north of that in a town called, um, it's actually called Mitad del Mundo, which is like the center of the world. That's a good name. That's a good name for a town. And it basically is because it's the highest, well, this is their claim. It's the highest point on the equator. It's the highest point on the equator. So that kind of puts it at like the peak point right there. So it's the closest part to um, basically to the sun. 
from the equator from the equator yeah so you're you're and everywhere else on earth because you're the closest to the sun that's pretty cool there's some weird things that happen there but first about my trip it's it's a beautiful country but it's also a dangerous country so ecuador is one of the um most stable of south american countries right now in terms of political stability and developmental stability it's still a developing country it's not not quite a third world country although there is a lot of poverty there so it's it's pretty dangerous i just want to say that, like there's no traffic laws mm. being on public transportation is extremely dangerous i saw mm. a bu- i saw a bus crash mm. plenty of people it's leading with there's no traffic laws already puts it in like a certain level on the chart <laughs> it's yeah it's crazy. There's also wild dogs everywhere, and they chase you in the street. That's a, that's a little wild. It's, it's very crazy. So I got to visit the equator, and I got to stand on it. I got to stand on either side of it. And there are weird things that happen. So before going on the trip, part of my trip was with a group, and they said, don't, don't research into what happens at the equator because we want it to be like a surprise for you when you go there. So I was like, all right, well, like what, what could be so special about the equator? I already passed over the line to get south of it to Quito. And you, obviously on the plane, you didn't notice anything on your no. way to South Africa. But, you know, things do happen. So what is the equator? It's an imaginary line. It's not actually a physical line. That, although they draw lines, you know, right. and then you can pay money to go stand on a line, which there's is no, silly. It's a very touristy thing. There's no crack in the middle of the earth. Exactly. But it's an equal measurement because the earth is obviously a perfect sphere. So it's the equal distance from both poles dividing the earth into a northern and southern hemisphere and constituting the parallel of a latitude of zero degrees little geometry for you so you're sitting on the dead center axis of the earth so have you heard of toilets flushing the opposite direction in the different hemispheres yeah i heard isn't that a myth no it's true because the the centrifugal and centripetal forces are no, I'm sorry, the centrifugal forces are different. So literally, on the exact center where a GPS reads zero 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 latitude, you have a you can have um and this is what this is what guides did a little tub of water with a drain in the middle, and you can literally move it to one side, and it'll drain clockwise. And if you put it on the northern side, it'll drain counterclockwise. I'm sorry. Counterclockwise is in the south. Clockwise is so in the north. So it's that apparent. And on the center, it's straight down. It is that apparent. Straight down in the center, too. Yeah, it, it, and it flushes straight down. And it's not like a super swirl because the force is obviously kind of concentrated on that region. Now, I heard some people saying the actual equator is a couple kilometers wide where those centrifugal forces are active. So but there, obviously there's a dead center point like there yeah. is for anything. You get on the microscopic level. So there's a point there. So, yeah, that was something interesting. Another thing they did, um, your your resistance is not as strong there. So on the north side, you can hold up your fingers, like, straight in front of you, and they'll press it down just like our um, nutritional response testing, the NRT. Right. And they can do the same thing where they press down, and you have less resistance at that point. Same goes for, and that, that's in part, there's, there's this factor of balance there. So you can close your eyes and try to walk on a dead line there, and your sense of balance is off because of those centrifugal forces. Interesting. So it's not impossible to walk. It's not like you're falling over everywhere. But it's a struggle. 
it's a struggle. And it's also just like um, if you're balancing not just yourself walking around, but like objects, small objects even. Like one of the popular things is you try to balance an egg on the tip of a nail. It's very, very hard to uh, do. I don't think you could do that on just like right now. Well, there it's near impossible. And they'll give you like a certificate if you do it because it's like some big deal. Just crazy. Bounce an egg on the head of a nail? That's Yeah. And actually the, the crazy thing is the eggs that broke from people trying to do it, it's so hot there. The sun's so close that the eggs were like cooking <laughs> on the ground. So you probably had some nice weather down there then. Yeah, it's an eternal spring. So that's another thing. The weather, the climate. It's it's like eternally spring down there. There are seasons, though. And I just want to say it's not always hot, especially, specifically in Ecuador. Ecuador actually is the only spot that has a part of the equator that has snow on it. Snow on the equator. The yes. closest bulge from the sun has snow. So the highest point on the equator is 4,690 meters high above, above sea level. Um on the south slopes of the volcano Cayambe, which I saw. I, dro- I drove right under it. And there is snow at the top, which so is pretty crazy. Go. So in theory, you can be on the equator in the hottest part of the world, kind of. Not the hottest part of the world, but a very The hot, sunniest. The sunniest, exactly. The sunniest part of the world. But you could also be in snow. Are it's sh- just the altitude. Are shadows weird? Shadows are straight down. You don't see shadows. It's not, it's not like a sensation that throws you off, but you're standing right on your shadow. When you stick out your arm, it's like directly below you. And you're like, that's pretty weird because normally you don't see your shadow because it's like stretched out way behind you. So you actually, at the equator, you would see a perfect shadow straight down? At exactly noon, it would be straight down. That's pretty impressive. So that's, an, that's another thing about the equator. The days... You don't have longer days and nights, but you have precise days and nights because it's at that point that everything's relative off of. They have perfect 12-hour days and 12-hour nights, and the daylight, the sunlight is the same duration every single day. It just switches when it starts and when it ends. Exactly, exactly. You're also more likely to get sick on the equator because research shows that there is um, obviously higher ultraviolet B rays there because you're closer to the sun. And studies have shown that exposure to those sun rays and ultraviolet B rays can increase your risk of getting asthma and other breathing-related illnesses. That's no good. So that's no good. A lot of the population does have allergies there because my allergies were really bad. You're close to the sun. Another thing. Also, it's, it's like because the climate is really sunny there, you can get tropical plants, but you can also get kind of more evergreen-type plants also up in the mountains. It's that's, very, it's very weird. It's there's a very lots weird of setup. there's lots of microclimates because the, it's such a weird position. In well, the I can world. imagine with all the sunlight, it's ideal for growing many things. Exactly, and uh, agriculture is huge there on the on the mountainside, kind of like tier farming. Also, only twenty percent of Earth's population live below the equator. I was gonna say no one lives south of the equator. No one really. I mean, if you go south of that, I mean, you get you get Peru and Chile. And, and Brazil's obviously to the to the east, but below that it's like Patagonia, and then you're practically to Antarctica. That's and that's in South America. Obviously, Africa, there's there's a lot of space, but there's obviously not as many people. But even Asia's above the equator, correct? Yeah, yeah, it is. And the only major continent that's 100% below the equator is Australia. Right? That's correct. The only continent. 
that his entire body is it's entirely below yeah because there's plenty of island countries in, right. the, in the pacific that are below it but yeah is hawaii Australia's above or below the equator it's above it's above yeah it's way above what's in the south of the pacific lots of small islands party in the party the yeah i'm sure there's some well um the part fun fact do you know the galapagos islands charles darwin yes evolution that's that's a that's a territory of ecuador the country. oh really that's a, like a prized possession everybody talks about the galapagos islands one of the islands in the galapagos the equator passes right through it so that's another spot i didn't know it was that close to south africa i thought it was more just in the middle of the ocean, kind of like a tropical island. The uh, Galapagos? I guess the, uh, I guess the equator. Yeah, I guess it all makes sense. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, it's right there. If you think, and you ask where Hawaii, Hawaii is like, if you go kind of due west of, of California, all the way that north, because you still have all of Central America to cover in the space between North America and South America. California love. So, and my last fact, you weigh less on the equator. Oh, ooh. So there's actually a 0.5% weight difference. So that's not... That's 0.5% or 0.5 pounds? It's 0.5%. Well, I mean, if you weigh 100 pounds... So you're, you're losing uh, less than a pound. Yeah. For if you're like... 0.5 is half... If you weighed 100 pounds, you'd lose half a pound. Exactly. So yeah. if you weighed 1,000 pounds, you'd lose a pound. So if you need to diet really quickly and lose some weight, you can go there. And if if you're really crunching the numbers, Ecuador's where it's at. It's the same idea as altitude, you know, and and breathing. It's different. You're at such a high altitude. It's almost nine thousand feet. Right. It's pretty crazy, and you can right. feel it every day. People get altitude sickness. Oh, like crazy. sea level, right? And then you go to sea level, and then you can breathe so much better. But there, once you go to sea level and you're not at a high altitude, then you can feel the rays of the sun. Ooh. to their full extent so it's really muggy and there's actually a ton of bugs and like mosquitoes that kind of well it sounds like you had a great trip yeah it was pretty crazy <laughs> it was just it was insane would you go again absolutely absolutely made some friends there traveled pretty much the whole entire country almost went to Colombia by accident how big is the country in general it's pretty it's pretty big huge actually i mean to get to the coast it took me nine hours and i was i was like kind of dead center of the northern part of the country and like equivalent size you'd give it you know i'd compare it to texas it's bigger than texas oh so it's a lot bigger than i thought it was it is big yeah absolutely south america is a huge continent I don't know much about South America. South America doesn't really hit the textbooks too. You know, often. honestly, I didn't know a lot about it before going either. Good thing is, fun fact, Ecuador uses American currency. It's one of the only foreign countries that use and accept American currency, but they have their own versions of our American currency, but they're all interchangeable because they're same exact dimensions. Except dollar bills. They don't use um, their own dollar like type paper currency. They use coins. Stop, 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 stop. Is that a call from our sponsor? Is that a call from our sponsor? It's Jeff. Uh, so I'd just like to say, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for this lovely episode of Two Top. Back to the two topics with the two hosts. And 
I hope you guys learned something about jury duty or Ecuador. But uh, for now, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, peace. See you next week. Uh, And check out uh, Short Clips. At shortclips.com. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) See ya. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and join us next week for another Two Top.